0: Welcome to Career Tools. This week, part one of Coaching Yourself. Here we go. Folks, we have conferences virtually every week, all of the United States and in Europe and Shanghai and Sydney. Uh, We encourage you to come to our Effective Manager Conference, or our Effective Career Conference. In the Effective Manager Conference, you'll learn about coaching. And in the Effective Communications Conference, you'll learn how to communicate more effectively. Something we could all coach ourselves more on. So, Wendy, I actually told you I really wanted this cast, right? You did.
1: And being an obedient director, right, I exactly. it. Exactly, yes, <laughs>
0: obedient. That's the first word I would use to describe you, obedient. Absolutely. It's a high D, obedient. <laughs> this is, of course, career tools. And yet what we're going to do here this week is talk about a manager tools tool, our coaching tool, and applying it to oneself rather than waiting for your boss to coach you to use this self-improvement tool to help you grow a skill in a particular area, we're just going to recommend you use it yourself. The Manager Tools coaching model is as simple a tool as we know how to create on how to improve one skill. It's a goal-directed, weekly, iterative process. There's no pain for being for slowing down. There is joy in, in going through it. Uh, I've used it several times on my own self, improving a skill, and have found it to be an effective companion. Let's put it that way.
1: We tell managers it's a self-improvement tool for your directs. All you do is check on their progress. Right. So so all we're transferring is checking on your own progress rather than somebody else checking.
0: Yeah. and, And of course, the problem with what we're saying, Wendy, is that when we say coaching, most managers, Blanche, they think that they have to coach and they're the one that's going to be doing the training and there's a lot of work and they don't know what to do when in fact our tool solves all those problems because it doesn't matter, folks, how great a coach you are uh, if you're a manager because if your direct doesn't want to improve There's no tool that will make them want to improve and no amount of training on your part will make someone else improve in the same way that even the best teacher in the world can't make somebody study for a test. And all we're doing in this cast is saying, folks, you can use this tool for yourself. You don't have to wait for your boss. Uh, You don't have to wait for the company to provide training or a mentoring program. You can use this model, our coaching model, to help yourself. Yeah. Okay. Walk us through it, Wendy.
1: Okay, so first of all, you decide on a goal. Since you can't improve something you don't know what it is, uh, then you brainstorm resources to help you. Then you, you plan some short term actions.
0: Short term being key, yeah. Mm-hmm. And report progress
1: versus the goal.
0: Yep, simple, super simple. Okay, so let's walk them through. And folks, if you don't know if you're if you've if you're a Career Tools listener and not a Manager Tools listener, this is the Manager Tools coaching model, uh, changed slightly, obviously for your own for your own use, um, but we have many, many casts in the Manager Tools feed about how to coach others that can increase your knowledge about the tool if you have questions. And of course, you can always come to our forums. Okay, part one, deciding your goal.
1: Of course, the first thing you need to do is decide on what you want to improve in and how you're gonna measure your progress. Cause it's not really enough to say, I wanna get better at, because it's like saying, I wanna lose weight. Well if in three months I've lost a pound, wow, I've I've succeeded. But that probably wasn't what I had in my head at the beginning. So you want to have a deadline for a start and have a desired behavior. So losing weight in three months and then a quality standard. So right. two, uh, two pounds a week. So that would be like 24 pounds.
0: And the issue of a desired behavior is really important and people miss it. Uh, and the example of I just want to lose weight is also is a, is a good example of a bad goal because so many people say it and then actually don't do it. And all we've done with our coaching model is say, look, we know that people want to improve or we know that people beat themselves up about not being as good as they could be in some area. And clearly, a lot of the self-help in the world doesn't work or doesn't help because we don't avail ourselves of it. So we've just come up with a different way to get there, which is to have a clear goal, an end state in mind, and then not beat yourself up about all the work that has to be done between now and then. Don't beat yourself up about it all at once. Um, But this first step is saying, okay, I wanna get better. I need to be clear and I need to be motivated by wherever I'm going to end up. If I'm not clear about where I'm going to end up, it will be easy to let myself off the hook. The the point about, I want to lose some weight. Well, you're right. Or I I want to improve in something. Well, the definition of improvement is, is really just any change in the right direction. Well, for most people, you can improve on anything simply by making one effort one day. But we're going to try to get you to be inspired about, okay, in three months or four months or five months, I want to be here and I want to be clear and, and almost visual about where you're headed. Okay. So example.
1: I can't imagine doing this, but let's assume you interrupt people a lot. No one I know just that.
0: Uh, is this some sort of self referential thing? <laughs> yeah, uh, not is that. it for both of us? Is this uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I, I wrote it as a hint to you yes. to not interrupt
0: yeah, me. Because that's a good career skill, right? <laughs>
1: Hinting to your boss, hinting
0: to your boss that he <laughs> irritates you. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so we're going to assume that one of your problems is that you interrupt people a lot, and you know that not everyone appreciates that, and you want to change it. And I've been told a million times that I interrupt people, and it annoys them, and I should just learn to be quiet. But it's a, it's not an easy thing to change. I've done this since I was, you know, able to talk, and. If I could change it overnight, I wouldn't worry about coaching. I'd just change it. You know, this apparently this apparently
0: the old joke in America that the, the opposite of talking is not listening, it's waiting to talk should be the joke should be about Britain. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, at least about me. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't lump all my countrymen in and yeah, yeah. Uh, make them feel bad too. Yeah.
0: And folks, if you're thinking, Oh, this isn't a good example for me because I don't really interrupt a lot, if you're a high D or a high I if you know disc By definition, you interrupt a lot, it's what you do. You go through life saying, I know what the other person is saying, and you stop talking and you start framing what you're gonna say. That is the cause of interrupting, because you don't wait. And if you want proof of it, just record yourself in a conversation. Use your phone, Android, iPhone, whatever, use your phone and record a conversation if you're a high D or a high I, or have somebody else do it, and you'll discover, oh my gosh, they never finish without me starting to talk. It's annoying.
1: It, yeah, I know I because okay. I don't. I don't only interrupt. I also finish other people's sentences so they get there faster, which is just like a really a really bad.
0: Again, time. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and and to be fair, guys, I'm kidding. I do it too, and I've I've actually used this and I've gotten better and then have fallen off the wagon, so to speak. Okay, so we're assuming you interrupt people a lot, and we want to get to a place where we're more respectful. We we don't want that to hurt our career. We don't want to be seen as rude. We've got some motivation here, but maybe our boss doesn't know, doesn't care, is not going to coach me. He doesn't do one-on-ones. He doesn't do feedback, so he probably won't coach me. What do I do?
1: The first thing you need to do is... Um, notice that you're doing. Most people don't even notice that they're interrupting people. Or if you've got one of those habits, you just don't notice that you're doing it. So it's so ingrained that you you do it without noticing. And and in order to change those kind of things, you need to give yourself a long time. You can't change it overnight because if you could, you would. So you want to set a deadline that's at least four months away. Yeah. And if it's six months or 12 months, There's that's fine it's too. Fine. yeah. Yeah. So we want to give ourselves a chance to succeed by giving ourselves a nice long time to change the, change the thing. And if you get there earlier, yay, double celebration. Right.
0: And, and guys, don't worry if you give yourself six months or 12 months, that therefore the next step we're going to tell you to do is come up with a plan for the next six months or 12 months. We're not going to do that. There is no need in this model to plan the entire time. In fact, we actively encourage you don't do it we're only going to plan a week or two at a time so think carefully about how long you think it will take for you to learn something maybe you want to learn a foreign language you're going to coach yourself on a foreign language the coaching model is just a framework for improving one's skills and you could use it to learn a foreign language you're not going to learn a foreign language reasonably well in order to go on vacation there for a couple of weeks uh, or live in someone's house where where english is not spoken if you're an english speaker you're not going to do that in a month or two so it's okay what's more if you give yourself six months and you finish in four what's wrong with that why wouldn't you celebrate hey i was really motivated i thought it would take six months and wow this is good whereas if you tell yourself two months and you don't get there, for many of us, we start beating ourselves up, and that negative energy about the goal just makes you less motivated to continue on it. You feel pressure, and then you get negative reinforcement by saying, oh, you didn't achieve the goal. Now, we would also tell you, if you're using this coaching someone, we would say, if they missed the goal in four months, give them another month, rather than saying, you're 80% of the way there, you failed, Because there are so many places in our workplace where failure is so clear, and this is a self-improvement project, rather than failing someone for getting 80%, what you say is, well done. We wouldn't have gotten 80% of the way there if you hadn't embarked on this journey. That's good. You're better now than you used to be, and we have to be getting better all the time in the world we live in. And so, okay, you're 80% of the way there in four months. You know, I'm going to give you another month. And hopefully you'll get there. Or maybe I'll give you two more months and you'll finish in a month. And we're going to celebrate the improvement. We don't mean to go reductio ad absurdum and say, if someone improves by 1% in six months, we're going to celebrate that. Maybe in that case, you just want to stop. But this is a case of saying, it's okay to put down six months and finish in four. But you don't need to put down a goal of four if you really think it's going to take eight and you really don't have a lot of time in your life because all that's going to do is negatively reinforce the fact you couldn't get it done in four months. Don't beat yourself up. Give yourself a reasonable goal deadline.
1: Okay. So, we started with the deadline. So, the first thing you need to do is work out the deadline that you're going to have and write down the date.
0: Yeah. So, you said date. You didn't say duration that's something that's really important guys generally speaking durations don't help if i set a duration of four months let's say it's one june and i set a duration of four months july one july one august one september one october okay and in my head it's four months and technically the end of that is one october when i'm two months into it or a month and a half or three weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks into it whatever if I think duration, I have to go back and figure out when the end is. So what you want is an end date, not a duration. And this is true of tasks and goals and deadlines at work too. You Never set durations. And by the way, the duration, if you don't know, folks, the duration mindset comes from project man- the project management world because they ask themselves, okay, task 71 finishes on Tuesday, the 7th of September, Task 72, which is dependent on task 71, how long do I think that will take? And in a Gantt chart, you plot how long it will take, that duration of the task is a necessary piece of information, okay? But that's only to be used for planning to create the deadline of the task. Once you have the deadline, the duration isn't really important except for the project manager in terms of knowing when that task is at risk. When we talk about the actual behavior, we don't consider the duration, talk about the duration, publicize the duration, we publicize the deadline because one of the rules about project management is that deadlines drive behavior. If you tell somebody they have a week to do something, the first two days they're in the week, they can sort of not worry about the week. But if you tell them after two days, now the deadline is X rather than, oh, you have five days left, for whatever reason, psychologists tell us that motivates people more. Okay. Sorry, Wendy. I'm going on and on since this is manager tools stuff.
1: (laughs) You're getting all excited. Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. So, so we've got a date. So, the next thing we need to think about is what the desired behavior is. And then this this case that we're using it's really easy not interrupting people or finishing their sentences but it could be anything from presenting without stuttering or speaking up in meetings or writing neat code or closing more sales anything of a thousand things that we do every day that we could be better at right we're finishing your email in half an hour
0: the one that i i really had good success with myself was learning a foreign language um now i need to do it again because i thought i would be using this skill more and i didn't and i didn't take advantage of it and so therefore uh, my skills have gotten very rusty but this cast is going to make me go back and coach myself on on spanish because I live in Texas now and California, and pretty soon I'll lo- live in California full time. And Spanish is spoken regularly there, almost everywhere, all the time. Uh, and I ought to know it, and I don't.
1: Yeah, it's frustrating not to be able to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. That's what I find. So we've got the goal. So we, but we don't want to set a goal that's not doing the actual thing we want to approve at. So our goal is not interrupting. We don't want to. We don't want to have one that's like. Uh, think about not interrupting or practice presenting or think of things to say in meetings or rewrite code or think about how to close more sales or practice closing more sales. None of those are doing the thing that you need to do. Yeah,
0: or, or for that matter, saying, I'm going to read a book. The goal is to read a book. Folks, that's not a coaching goal. That is a task you would assign yourself along the way and you would give yourself checkposts, signposts along the way. It says, did I read the first chapter? Did I read the second chapter? And so on. It has to be the actual behavior. A way to think about this is the behavior step. And by the way, Wendy is doing this very softly, but we we teach this goal technique. It's called DBQ, Deadline Behavior Quality. It's definitely not a smart goal because we have a cast from five, six, seven years, eight years ago that says smart goals are stupid. But the B step, the behavior step should be akin to a final exam. In other words, write it as if if I were watching you do the task or do, engage in the skill within a context that the skill was necessary, I would be able to grade you as a pass-fail scenario. So reading a book, I can't grade you without watching you read the book. On the other hand, how many times you interrupt in a conversation or in a meeting in other words creating a test of whether or not you've improved the skill is the way to think about this DBQ goal
1: okay so we've got deadline and now we've got a behavior
0: and let's let's assume it is 1 june right Right, Wendy? Yeah, um, yeah, So if it's one June, let's do ourselves the courtesy of giving ourselves six months, right? So July, August, September, October. This is how I always have to do it, it's so embarrassing <laughs> when I'm teaching you. July, August, September, October, November, December. So by one December, and by the way, you'll notice that, that the coaching goal always starts with by. So by one December. Okay, so now we're on the behavior step. We're going to not interrupt. Uh, Wendy, do you think the standard ought to be never interrupt?
1: We're going to talk about quality in a second, but um, when we get to building the entire goal I have by 1 December, I will go through an entire weekly operations meeting without a single interruption. So that's a pretty, it's a pretty strong goal. So, but yeah, I'm going for zero. Right.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that is, that is tough. And as you might imagine, folks, one of the things, one of the weekly goals in this case, in a weekly operations meeting, is find out how many times you interrupt and then start interrupting less and gradually reduce them over a period of time. Okay, by 1 December i'm not going to interrupt more than, and in this case it would be zero times right yeah um so okay, good, and then we 're going to we have a quality goal, a quality part of the the goal exactly
1: right? so if I say i 'm going to get through the entire meeting without a single interruption it's really easy i 'll just say nothing if I say nothing i can't interrupt people right, right. and its and it's uh it's a really easy way to let, let yourself off the hook you just put your phone on mute and where well, hey you've succeeded but you can't leave yourself any loopholes if you really want to improve right so we add a clause into our goal that requires us to talk so we would have by one december i will go through an entire weekly operations meeting without a single interruption while contributing at least five times
0: So, in other words, you have to say at least five things, which I think is a little low, but I know our operations meeting, so that's reasonable. You're going to have to talk five times, and in all five of those situations, you won't be able to interrupt. Exactly. Now, you know, what's interesting here is, are you going to be measuring, or are you going to ask somebody else to measure? Because a lot of people, when they interrupt, are not aware that they're interrupting.
1: It depends on your on your relationship with other people. And and the
0: skill that you're measuring, right? Yeah,
1: if your boss, you think you can trust your boss, even though he's not coaching you, but you tell him, I want to get better and I want you, uh, it would help me if you would count the number of times I interrupt or would tell me when I'm interrupting, then you can have that conversation. If you'd rather have it with a peer or somebody else that's in the meeting that you feel more comfortable with, you could do that. Uh, And often once you start listening to yourself, you can hear it, so I would go to Toastmasters, and one of the things they do is count your Rs. Right. And now I can hear myself saying R oh, and um. I can't right. stop it yet, but I can at least hear myself.
0: Yeah. Another way to do it, guys, a simple way is to to have some external validation. In this case, it could be like you say, asking your boss. I don't know that I would ask my boss. I would ask a peer, as a matter of courtesy. And this is where having friends is really helpful, (laughs) Uh, a peer friend, not a boss friend. The other thing you could do is just record it. That's what I would suggest. By 1 December, I will record a weekly ops meeting in which I speak at least five times, and I will not interrupt in a single one of those situations, in any of those five interactions. And the beauty of that is you don't have to get somebody else and you don't have to, you don't have to get to the point where you can actually know because um, there are plenty of situations where with this behavior because it's so internal to how we think and, and we don't tend to have to think when we communicate, which sounds terrible to say out loud, you could say, oh, I didn't interrupt then. But an audio recorder might tell a different story. You're now going to give some examples of a DBQ goal for different behaviors. Okay. some quality standards yes, quality standards areas. okay now folks the quality standard is important the example we use at, a co- at the conference effective manager conference is suppose you wanted to coach somebody on managing a project and you said okay look the final exam for whether or not somebody could manage a project is could they manage a project it's pretty simple and great but you need a quality standard because if i assigned to wendy as her boss if i assigned to her managing a project and she, in fact, let's say next January, manages a project, and it's a complete disaster, then I haven't helped her learn how to manage a project. She's managed one, but if there's no quality standard to the managing of the project, then we're in trouble. So we we use the simple standard project measurement technique, which is on time, in budget, in scope, right? We just use that in a simplistic way. So now, Wendy's gonna go one by one through some quality standards, and the first one was saying um or ah?
1: Yeah, present the monthly figures stuttering no more than three times.
0: No more than three times. That was
1: one of the ones we mentioned earlier.
0: In other words, not saying I'm gonna improve upon my stuttering, and in this case, I assume the, the stuttering is such that no more than three times would be quite good yeah Um, as opposed to you would have some benchmark perhaps that you measured in the first month and discovered that in a five-minute presentation let's say during our operations meeting you stuttered 20 times and the goal is three and the reason there's a quality standard there guys is if she stutters four times she fails and she'd have to keep going not she's not going to beat herself up but she'd fail whereas if she only stuttered twice she's done she's achieved and that's important because you can celebrate, and then you can find somebody else, something else to work on. Okay, what was the next one?
1: Write a piece of code which passes someone's critical standard for neat. So we had the goal of write neat code. Um, I'm putting that in uh, inverted commas, but nobody can see it. Yes. And um,
0: Joey quotes. Joey air <laughs> yeah, quotes.
1: Yeah. Joey air quotes. Yeah. Um, you can't just say, Oh, I think it's neat because that's a loophole, right? Because right. you're just gonna tell yourself it's neat. So it has to there has to be some critical standard for what neat code looks like, whether it's commented and how often it's commented and you know, all that kind of stuff. So right. if there's a standard your company uses or a standard that you know of, you know, that somebody recommends in the industry, then you use that as your quality standard. But it can't just be, I think it's neat.
0: Okay. Good.
1: And then we said uh, closing sales. So maybe you set the quality standard as I close 75% of my sales in a month. And if you're only closing 50, then that's, that's an improvement. If you're already closing 90, then you don't want to set it at 75. But, that's a, but sales always have such an easy job with goals because their work is so easily goal measured, you know, easily seen. It's either closed or it's not closed.
0: Because their job already has clear metrics. Yeah. Because they're responsible for a number, usually a financial number. What's interesting about that is a lot of salespeople I know would say, actually our job is not, because yes, the overall goal is measured, but the individual behaviors are in fact sometimes hard to measure. Well, it's hard to measure, you know, interpersonal behaviors, which are a key part of the the stock and trade of a salesperson. And what I would say is That's one of the reasons why we chose interrupting in the manager tools example in this podcast and here as well, because interrupting is not an effective sales technique and you can coach yourself or someone else on it, okay?
1: And something that salespeople tend to do.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So by the time you've set your deadline, your goal, and the quality standard, so we had by the 1st of December, I will go through, I will record, and get through an entire weekly operations meeting without a single interruption whilst contributing at five to, at least five times. So now you know what you want to achieve and by when. So the next thing is, okay, how am I going to get there?
0: Yeah. By, by the way, folks, for you, for you American listeners, whilst contributing also translates as while contributing. Just just <laughs> different, different accent and different word entirely. <laughs> yes. We don't, I don't think most Americans don't think that the word whilst... It's actually a word. It's not. Uh, well, it may in fact be in another language, but yeah. I'm not an American. Fair enough.
1: So, the next thing you need to do is brainstorm the resources that you're going to use to find out what the techniques are that you can use to
0: improve. Exactly. Now, now I just want to go back just real quick. I know you're going to kill me on this cast, Wendy, but I think it's important, guys. The first step in, uh, in this model is you go all the way to the endpoint, and you define the endpoint. Okay. It is as if you leaped from day one to day 180 or or day 210. You jump all the way to the future state. Okay. You skip all of the dirty work between now and then, and you create in your mind a motivational end date. You picture it. You think about it. You've got a deadline. You've got a behavior. You've got a clear quality. It's a very both logical and emotional thing. And the moment you set the goal, you leave it out there. It's a bit like saying, I'm gonna drive across country. For those of you who aren't Americans, there's, a, there's used to be, much more so than today, a, almost a standard rite of passage for Americans to take a summer vacation and to drive across country, to go, to go see the national parks or to go from where you live to where another part of your family lives. And when you start, I grew up in Los Angeles and my parents' families were in Atlanta, Georgia, which is across the country, west to east. And so what you do is say, okay, we're going to start on this day and we're going to get to Atlanta on this day. And you don't think about what road you're going to take or how many hours you're going to drive each day. You don't think about where you're going to stop or where you're going to eat or where you're going to get gas. None of that. You start with where you're headed. And when you use the example, I find myself using the example of driving cross country a lot because everyone takes for granted that they have to know where they're going when they drive cross country. But the point of that, my 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 little aside here guys, is when most people start a self-improvement project, they don't actually set a goal. They just say, "I want to give myself a small improvement this week. I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm just going to eat more fruit or whatever." But all of the the science on self-improvement says It's important to have milestones along the way. It's important to think in terms of behavioral change, but you do much better when you set that long-term, big picture, unplanned for at this point, end date, end behavior, clear state of affairs that proves yes, you did it, okay? So the first step often confuses people because when we're at conferences, Wendy, when we're teaching coaching in the Manager Tools Conference, people say things like "The, the goal is to have read a book by the end of the week. I'm like, no dudes, that's a task, and, and it's a good task, maybe actually. Nobody will read a book in a week, probably, or the average person won't. But rather, we're gonna jump all the way to the end at the beginning, and then once we finish step one, the goal setting, now we're gonna go back, and now we're gonna build the road, we're gonna, we're gonna think through the details. And guys, I, I hate to be too direct, but the people who do the worst with our coaching model is high Cs, those of you who are perfectionists, because you don't want to have an aspirational goal, that's emotional, and why do we need aspiration? What we need is a really, really robust, incredibly detailed Microsoft Project or Microsoft Excel detailed plan with dependencies and resources and everything else we are totally in favor of planning we're simply saying start with a clear goal the first step is jump across the country to atlanta and picture atlanta and the date you're going to be there and then the moment you put that down you inscribe that in stone now you jump back to the start Okay, that's what all the self-improvement literature says is the the greatest way to improve oneself or to help somebody else improve if you're using the coaching model as a manager. Okay, sorry, Wendy. I promise I'll only do five more such soliloquies. It, <laughs> it, it, that's my goal, no more than five. I'll, I'll start counting hour. for yes, you. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> so if we, if we go with your example of driving from California to Atlanta, I kind of know where they are, but I wouldn't know what the roads are or how what there is in between. And if you're trying to change something, if you're trying to stop interrupting or write better code or close more sales, you would be doing that if you knew how to do it. So the point of the next step is to find resources which have information that you don't have. So if I was going to go from California, I might open a Rand McNally or I might open Google Maps and look to see where the roads were. That might be one of my tasks. If you're Interrupting, that's a bit harder, but we're gonna give ourselves a couple of minutes and just brainstorm all of the ideas. Now, because Mark wrote them in the manager tools cast, I'm just gonna steal his list. There <laughs> is there is no reason for you to yes. create a certain new self-made list just because it's your goal.
0: This is super important. We're not suggesting that brainstorming means each time you have to start fresh and challenge yourself to be creative and out of whole cloth, come up with a list, right? If you want to stop interrupting, we're about to give you The list or one list, you could add something if you wanted to, but guys, don't do that. Don't reinvent the wheel. When you decide to go to the store, you don't sit down and design a car. You use the car you already have. And one of the things we've encouraged, and I know some people have actually done it when it comes to coaching people is in our forums, there are brainstorm lists, there are resource lists. Hey, I'm coaching my guy on X, here's our list of all the resources we brainstormed. But brainstorming doesn't mean just creativity, in other words, inventing stuff. It means using every possible way to come up with every possible resource. One possible way is using somebody else's.
1: (laughs) Once you leave university, plagiarism is fine.
0: That's my rule. Yeah, but. okay. Plagiarism actually is you no know, using other people's ideas that are in the public. I, I wouldn't want to say using, leaving university plagiarism is fine because that would then suggest that they could just copy over our show notes and sell them.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? No, that's yeah. Not, yeah.
0: <laughs> what you're saying is not everything has to be original you're supposed to stand on the shoulders of giants. You're supposed to use other people's theorems and ideas and so on to make your life better. It's generally best to credit them, but please, whatever you do, don't think your job is to do it all yourself. What will we put on earth to do if not to help one another through? So
1: here's the list that I stole from Mark's uh, Manager Tools cast. We have a Tannen book, notify the team, private sessions, weekly reporting, Apology Required, Stopwatch, Charm Coach, Peanut Butter, Vanderbilt Book, Private Coach, Predetermined Rewards, Physical Cheat, Interpersonal Skills Class, YouTube Videos, Self-Reporting, Influence Book, Amazon, Google, Blogs, Weekly Check-ins, Charm School, Podcasts, MT Forums, and cadet hostesses, <laughs> and they might not, and they might not make any. You know, they might be thinking, "What the hell is the Tannenberg?" But if you use someone else's list, then there might be things on there that you don't understand. But if you write your own list, there'll be things that other people don't understand. So, and you can Google Tannenberg, and you would know. So there's a long list there of of potential resources, and it doesn't. We they're all places that we can start the journey. They're all roads we can take out of Los Angeles. And it doesn't really matter which one you pick. You just pick the one that appeals to you most because that will motivate you most. Even if you find that that actually is a road that loops around and you end up back in Los Angeles, well, that's okay. It was maybe a week and you've got six months. So you lost a week. Okay, then we're going to pick another one and we'll get a bit further and maybe we'll get to What's next? New Mexico? Yeah. Phoenix? Yeah. Uh, oh whatever. So we'll get <laughs> whatever. <that>. Whatever. What <laughs> state's that? Arizona. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe you can drive south from London and get to Manchester. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: But, uh, I think you could. You might have to at uh, some stage yeah. turn north.
0: The reason for brainstorming folks, and the reason we suggest brainstorming is sort of a first step in building the roadmap is that You know that you're not good enough in this skill that you're trying to improve in. And if you knew the ways you could improve in and they were readily available, you probably would have availed yourself of them. And so all we're doing here is saying, let's get creative about rethinking what we do and how we can think about it and maybe try a number of different techniques before we discover the key that fits the lock. And so, for instance, on the Tannen book, there's an author, Deborah Tannen, who specializes in interpersonal communications. Wendy, do you like her books? I don't love them. I, it's been years since I've read them. I probably need to reread them. There's several. I don't
1: think I've read any of
0: them. Deborah Tannen, yes. she's well-regarded a number of years ago. I'm sure she's still writing books. And... What you would do, folks, just to be clear, is that's a book that could be a resource to you. You may read it, and by the way, we'll talk about how you'll get through reading it here shortly. You may read it and discover, gee, there was nothing really good about interrupting. Or maybe, in fact, you know that Chapter 8 is about interrupting, and so your your task is to read Chapter 8, and you discover that, yeah, she says this technique where you put a, a marble in your mouth. I, I'm making that up, folks. Um, but there are coaches that used to, Teach people to talk by putting marbles in their mouth. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that doesn't that come from the King's Speech?
1: I think it does. I think that's one of the techniques that they use. I don't, yeah, know, don't yeah. know that he invented it. But
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But the, the but the point is, maybe they the, in this book. I'm making this up. That it says to you know talk with marbles in your mouth, and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to use that that's totally okay. We're brainstorming, we're trying different things. It's totally okay to try two or three or four roads that don't work, particularly if you're self-coaching. We don't want to be beating ourselves up, oh my gosh, I didn't do it right, or oh, I didn't know. We know you don't know. The purpose is not to identify the only way that works, because if there was only one way, very few people would have found it. The point is, to be willing to try things, to to broaden the, the perspectives that you might consider with the understanding that it's fairly likely that the way for improvement for you if you're an adult may come a little bit out of left field because if it was staring you right in the face, you probably already would have found it. And so being creative and thinking about it a bunch of different ways, some of which are books, some of which are Google, some of which are coaches or whatever, all those different possible techniques makes you much more likely to find the one that works and to be fairly agnostic about which one is the one that's best. You can certainly You know, when we start planning, you can pick your favorite one if you want, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But we don't really care whether it works or not. All we care about is somewhere in there is the one we want, or our process ultimately helps us get there. The path to get there is not that important. Thanks, everyone. That's it for part one. Come back next week for part two. More good stuff about how to help yourself improve and doing it in a way that's logical, rational, and yet emotionally satisfying.